Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, welcome to Q&A. We're so glad you're joining us this morning online. And although you might not be out in the courtyard with the smell and the taste, <laughs> maybe you have some popcorn at home. You can. There you go. Pop some popcorn. Um, but you're welcome to join us anytime on campus. We'd love to have you. Um, this is your opportunity to send in any questions you have from the service this morning. So if anything might be stirring around in your heart or your mind, we'd encourage you to text it in. The number's up on the screen. And we do have a few questions that have already come in, so we'll go ahead and get started. But if you think of one um, as prompted by another question that you've heard, feel free to send it in. Sounds good. All right. So first one here about waiting for the Lord's return. How do you wait patiently and hoping for what we do not see while also desiring Jesus to come quickly as stated in Revelation? How do I wait patiently? Mm-hmm. And um, while des- because while still desiring. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the word patience actually... Uh, this will be maybe different than the person was thinking when they were asking. The word patience is interchanged uh, in the scriptures anyway with the word long suffering. Hmm. So when we think um, patience, if somebody says, oh, they're a patient person, we think it actually, what that means is that um, it doesn't bother them to wait. But the mm, definition right. of patience is that I am long-suffering. There's a difference there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if I, in other words, if I am going to be patient, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. We think if I could be patient, it wouldn't be hard. But the, but the reality of it is being patient is hard. So. I don't think there's any secret sauce. This is why I said all that. I don't think there's any secret sauce to saying, here's how I can have it easy now and still be hungry for heaven. If I'm hungry for heaven, I am going to feel the hard of this reality. And don't let that hard frustrate you or bother you. Let it do its intended work. The hard is intended to make us hungry for heaven. So see the cycle. I think if we don't want it to be hard, then we're not going to be hungry for heaven. If we're not hungry for heaven, then it's not going to be hard, and it's actually going to spiral downward instead of spiraling upward. Does that make sense in terms of this is hard, hungry for heaven? Oh, that's hard. Now it's really hard because I'm hungry for heaven. You know, the, the closer it is to mealtime, and the more the smells get stronger and better, it's harder. And that's good. That means it's getting closer to eating time. So no secret sauce to uh, ending uh, of being patient without it being hard. So there'll be a long suffering. Be more concerned if it's not hard, because it not being hard means I'm probably not hungry for heaven. Mm. You know, Tracy, you can never read, you never know what people are thinking, but what's on their face. Sure. Uh, but this was a really interesting morning for me, because in teaching Revelation 22, uh, 
I was a little uh, honestly struggling because the deadpan, not very excited mm. faces, um, maybe I was just doing a poor job communicating. I was like, are we not seeing, hearing? This is going to be awesome. Awesome. So much better. No, and and I think I think sometimes uh, for upper middle America that doesn't have much experience, much need, um, can often buy what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, can kind of feel like in many ways they can make life work. Aren't as as hungry for heaven as probably most of the world who lives in a much greater heart is hungry mm. for heaven. Um, I do think that's why. Well, the old joke is God gave us teenagers so we'd be uh, ready for them to leave home. <laughs> because, it, it, you know, when they're four and five, you don't want to leave home. They're so cute. They're so precious. And then they're 15, 16. It's like, okay. <laughs> On your way. No, I, yeah. And, and I say that old joke because that's not right. exa- that's not honestly at all the way I experienced teenagers. I enjoyed when our kids were teenagers. But uh, I do ex- see folks who their body starts to te- deteriorate, the mind deteriorates, relationships cannot be enjoyed like they were once enjoyed. And I see that the decay of the body, the ripening of the heart and mind for heaven. So mm-hmm. um, the harder it gets, the more hunger you'll be, and you can't escape that. And that's not something you want to escape. It's a good thing. Right. Because even in that difficulty now, it's building us towards Christ's likeness yes. now, but then yeah. there's that added bonus, if you will, that thirst for heaven. Like, yes. So there's the, that heart is being used for a lot of good. It is. But being more like Christ now is hard. It's hard. Because he says, uh, if you're going to follow me, to be, if you're going to be like me, you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so let that make you even more hungry for heaven, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the same, sat down at the right hand of the Father. So there was, a, I think, a having... A, 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 he had experienced what we never had experienced. I think mm. it made him even more hungry for uh, my hours come. I'm going to get to go back to where I came from. Never thought about that before, but that's a whole new but thought. That is a that is interesting. An interesting one. Yes, <laughs> he knows what he's going back to. Yes, because yeah. he's already been there, done that. Had the t-shirt. Had <laughs> the t-shirt and the coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, question about the old earth. If the old earth is decimated and believers live perfectly in the new Jerusalem, what's the point of a new earth? Uh, I think, yeah, this is um, what maybe I didn't make clear. I don't think we'll only um, live in the new Jerusalem. I think we will live on the new earth. So the point of the new earth is that will be, uh, again, maybe I'm taking too much out of it, but uh, when it talks about the kings will bring in, well, if they're bringing it into the new Jerusalem, that means they were living and productive and doing something outside. The nations will bring into the new Jerusalem. So I think we will live uh, outside the new Jerusalem and be free to come in and to 
go in and out of the New Jerusalem. So that's the point of the New Earth. I'm not sure I can say it any differently than that, but I appreciate the question uh, that it wasn't clear. Um, I think that will be a city of the New Earth, the city, not the only city, that's not what I mean, but the greatest, most Mm. amazing city of the New Heaven and the New Earth. And it's where God himself will dwell. Um, So I think we'll live on the new earth, which is the point of it. Uh, Continuing with new heaven, new earth, will everyone know who each other is in the new heaven and earth? No idea. (laughs) Sorry. I could make that a really long no idea, or Mm -hmm. I'll just go, no idea. I, I have really don't have any idea. Matthew 22 um, the Sadducees. So I always say this, just short, and then I come up with a longer answer. But go here, for it. <laughs> but the, but the, not uh, Matthew twenty-two. The Sadducees. Um, this is in the final week of Jesus's life. The Sadducees try to uh, uh, trap Jesus with a question about a woman who's married, mm-hmm. and then his her husband dies. So then. She marries her brother, and he dies, and it happens seven times, and they go, well, so whose husband is – who is her husband in heaven? In heaven, yeah. And uh, I don't fully know everything that Jesus was saying in this, but he does say to that question – Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Hmm. So, uh, does that mean we won't know one another? Do angels know one another? I think angels know one another. Uh, there's not marriage in heaven, but do they know one another? Probably, but don't know for sure. Hmm. And then maybe there's other scriptures to go to in the spur of the moment. That's the one that occurred to me right there, that there's not marrying, but it depends how far you pull on the statement, but are like angels in heaven. Is that simply meaning so there's no marriage, or does there does that give us an idea of other things that we'll experience and what our bodies will be like and what our knowledge will be like in the new heaven, new earth, like angels? Hmm. So another question about the New Jerusalem. What is the healing tree in the New Jerusalem? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. Um, I was... I I imagine somebody would ask this, and I don't know, because if there's no mourning, no sickness, no death, then what does it mean that the tree of life and the leaves were for the healing of the nations? Um, I don't know. Here's my guess, but this is this is a a uh, probably a lame guess, but it's a guess. My guess would be that in the same – well, here's the parallel that I tried to think through. Will I ever be thirsty in heaven? Hmm. There's a river of life. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever be thirsty in the sense – thirsty is 
I need some water and maybe I don't, and none's available, but can I enjoy drinking of it? The tree of life, will I be hungry? Healing, my thought was the drinking of the living water, is that indeed the continual privilege and opportunity, and therefore it's part of my eternal life is the eternal water? Is the healing of the tree, the eating of it, are we eating of it in the sense of its it's a preventative medicine, preventative healing in the sense. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive. That's why I say it. maybe it's a lame guess. But I can eat things for the healing in the sense of the keeping of me from getting sick. Like I always tell Jackie, hey, when the grandkids are coming, let's like pound some vitamin C. <laughs> use that emergency because they always bring sickness. So I take that for the healing. Well, not because I am sick, but in order to build up my immunity. So is there something in this tree of life that I'm eating that actually protects me from sickness? I could be wrong, but there was my swing at it. <laughs> we'll find out when we get there. <laughs> yes. Um, so at the end, when we did the response of come Lord Jesus, um, question here, as it relates to my adult child who is not saved, help me understand the right response, asking come Lord Jesus, or as Second Peter 3, 9 says, wanting him to patiently wait that none perish, but all come to repentance. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, I, I, that's a fantastic uh, connection of scripture that I genuinely appreciate. So, but I'm not going to assume that everybody knows what 2 Peter 3, 9 says, nor am I going to assume that they're going to look it up as you're listening. Um, so let me read 2 Peter 3, 9. Um, start in verse 8. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord... One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So this idea, this tension that I'm hearing, in case you're not following along yet, this tension of... Life is hard. Um, I see brokenness in the world. I feel brokenness in myself. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I have these people who I love, and they don't yet know the Lord. And once the Lord comes, then will it be too late for them? And so I would rather endure hard, <laughs> delay, Lord Jesus, if that would mean these people come to Christ. I think that's the spirit mm -hmm. of the question. I think so. So uh, my initial thoughts are, he says, I am coming quickly. That's what it says. I am coming quickly. And then uh, from Revelation twenty two twenty, and then we agree. We say, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. He says, I am coming quickly. And interestingly, again, he says here, um, he is patient. So it doesn't tell us to be patient. It says he is patient. Um, 
The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So he says he's coming quickly. He says he is patient. He is patient. Uh, What's my desire? My desire is like his, that all would come to repentance so that they would not perish. And my heart is like his, that he would come quickly. So I don't don't find, if I can see those both as from the heart of God, then I don't need to feel tension in saying each of those equally. Mm -hmm. Now, that might seem counterintuitive, but I often remember that my mind and heart are so finite compared to God's mind and heart. And so I can agree with him in things that don't make sense to me because he says them to be true. He's bigger than I am. His thoughts, the scripture says, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, his ways higher than my ways. So I can agree, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and be patient so that none would perish. Well, quickly or be patient? Yes. I don't have to resolve those. Part of me goes, um, the Lord can do whatever he wants like that. We think things take time, but so from a human perspective, and uh, I've always been clear, I know not everybody believes this, but I do believe that when the scripture says he spoke things into existence, it wasn't millions and millions and millions of years. Uh, He spoke it into existence. So if he can speak this world into existence, if he can speak oceans into existence, if he can speak the animal kingdom into existence, and it wasn't, and then it was, certainly he can flip the light on just like that for the your son, it was a son, right? For my son, I said adult yeah. child, adult child, uh, for your adult child, uh, we think oh, it's going to take the the wearing of them down. But the Lord could, like He spoke the world into existence, He could speak life into your adult child like that. So He doesn't need time. He operates within the context of time. So because I know he can do it just like that, uh, I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and draw all men to yourself. My children, draw them to yourself. My grandkids, draw them to yourself. So I can trust the Lord with both. That's a a great question i think we can all identify yeah. with having someone in our lives who we're we're praying for and yeah. i know i've many times thought well if they just come to this event or if they just hear this or they go to this but really the lord lives far outside of all of those things and has a far greater control to your point yeah. if he can speak into existence he doesn't need a certain event a certain speaker not those things are bad not right. that we wouldn't invite right. um to those things but it doesn't hinge on those and right. I, I just think it's very freeing in the sense it's the it's a reminder of the Lord's work. He mm-hmm. can work in any and through anything. Right. He the Bible describes us this helps me when I think of those who are lost and the work of God in their lives. Uh, the scripture says describes them as dead in their trespasses and sin and that he has made us alive. So it's not like uh 
there's a warm up period. You either dead or you're alive. There's not like I'm. Well, I'm. Was it Monty Python? He's mostly dead. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm either dead or alive. And so the work of God is like that in the sense that I'm born again. Now there may be a process of of how that happens over how we see it happen over time. Sure. But there is a moment in time, just like with conception in an earthly way, there there isn't life and then there is life. Yes. Then there's the development of that life, but there goes from no life to life. And spiritually speaking, you go from dead in your sins to born again. So I say again, um, that passage that you quoted, that the question uh, referenced, Second Peter three, is that the Lord is not bound by time like we are. A day like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. Hmm. Well, anything as we wrap up here that you maybe didn't have time to fit in, or that you would want to leave as an additional encouragement. Um, a couple thoughts, if. If you have been watching, and especially if you're in and around Jacksonville, if you've been watching and this whole concept of future things has made you wonder about the long thoughts of eternity yourself and you have questions, I want to remind you that we have a program called Alpha, which is not mm -hmm. like listening to a sermon. It's like having a conversation around your thoughts, your ideas, and listening then to a short uh, talk about what the Scripture says, but then it's, it's conversation. Mm -hmm. So I want to invite anyone who lives in Jacksonville who is, has spiritual thoughts but has not yet come to conclusions, and people are on a journey. Um, it's good to be able to have a place where you can have a conversation before you've made conclusions. So if that's a place where you are, I want to invite you Thursday nights here on our campus at our coffee shop called The Table, uh, beginning at 6.30 or mm -hmm. 7. 6.30, beginning at 6.30 uh, is an opportunity uh, and have a conversation, all right? And so if that would serve, I'd encourage you in that direction. And just um, as well, if you already know the Lord, I hope what you have taken from this series is it's not for us to know the when. It is for us to know the what and the so what. The what is here's what's going to unfold Maybe we have the timing, the order right. Maybe we have it wrong. I'm not really bothered by that. Uh, here's the what. Here are the events. And here's the so what. As long in Second Peter 3, I, in the readings, I had it, that chapter read, you had to read that chapter multiple times because the whole idea is that we would, as Jesus said to his disciples, not for you to know the when, but for you to go and be my witnesses. So I hope you will be more bold, more courageous, never less loving, right. but more bold, more courageous, lovingly sharing the hope that we have in Jesus with those who 
Don't know it. Do not think that because you live in America, everybody has heard the gospel. More and more folks have not heard a clear explanation of the gospel of grace. So let's be courageous in sharing it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.